So um, anyways, uh, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk to us for a minute at the beginning of this year. We're going to, you know, it's January is about done. And so or January is done. See how fast it happens. Uh, and so I want to talk for a minute, just kind of the purpose of, of our church. We, we say awaken and equip for purpose. That's kind of like our, our thing is what we do. I believe it's what God's put me on this planet for is to help people be awakened and then equipped for their God-given purpose. And that's a simple statement of what our purpose is here at this church. And it's a joy to see it happen. It is a joy to see when people, the light bulb goes off and they begin to be awakened to, to God and who Christ is and some of their misunderstandings or misrepresentations of their past get kind of lost and they stay they begin to hear God. They begin to see God. God begins to start working in their life. And it's amazing to see. Have you ever like seen somebody who, who is in the process of being awakened? It's amazing to see that happen. And the next part of that is to be equipped. To be equipped into what God has for you. And we explain our purpose real simple. That we, we have a purpose to live out a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. And that's what we unpack in Discovery is how to do that. Because even though, even though we have the same kind of God-given purpose in the sense of how Jesus summarized it, the great commandment and the great commission, uh, it looks different in all of our lives. And so this church is filled with people who are walking that out. And what I want to do is take a little bit of time today to speak to you about like, and I try to do it every year. And so this is going to be like Awaken 2020. We're going to talk about being, being uh, awoke or woke up. Uh, matter of fact, nudge your neighbor and say, say wake up. And specifically, I want to talk to you about ears to hear. So, so Matthew, Matthew eleven fifteen, and you see this all through the Bible, uh, not just New Testament, not just New Testament, but Old Testament too. You see it all through the Bible. This concept, and here Jesus is saying, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear." And he says to he says uh, to the church in Revelation, he who has ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches, let him hear. So this is kind of the heartbeat of what we're going to talk about is having ears to hear. I know you have ears. I, I can see that. But do you have ears? To hear, and if you want to be awakened to everything that God wants to do in your life, well, let me say it this way everything and anything that God wants to do in your life, He will do it through His voice. He will do it. I love Caitlin said years ago that everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. I love that. It's voice activated. So your ability to have ears to hear, your ability, your willingness, and readiness and your ability to hear the voice of God will determine your relationship with God. And it's so sad because a lot of churches, whether it's intentional or unintentional, a lot of churches end up creating a culture to where the pastor or the leaders are the only ones who can hear God. And so we just got to go to them in order for to them to tell us what to do and, and stuff. But the truth is a, a Christ-centered church and the leadership of a Christ-centered church will empower the people, will awaken the people to understand God will speak to you. And we'll be a confirming voice of wisdom in your life to say, ah, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes you need that. 
And, and Jim, Jim yesterday was teaching uh, at the prayer service and taught uh, uh, the intercessory prayer team in a, in a prayer summit that we had yesterday morning, was teaching about hearing. And, and, and it was so funny because he had no idea what I was going to be sharing on this morning. And so it's a huge confirmation to me about what God is, is doing in the church. And, and he said at the prayer service last night that, that of course, we all know we, we, we should want to not only want to, but need to be able to hear God. God wants to speak to us, and, and, but, but kind of think about it this way, and I don't remember the exact statement you said, but it was something about uh, having the regret. What was that statement you said about having the regret when you didn't hear God? Yeah. So waiting on God to hear His voice, when you're waiting on God to hear His voice, something that, that's really, it, it, it's a bad day when you have not waited on God, but you wish you had of. Anybody here ever wish you would have waited on God after a certain circumstance? Yeah, wish you would have heard him. So I think God's doing something. I think he's, he's reminding us as a body. He's reminding us, even as a city, I think he's confirming things and reminding us of what he's already told us that we need to hear. That really 220, 2020 needs to be a year of hearing. We need to hear the Lord. We've been in a time of preparation, but that preparation leads to purpose. And we, we will, you will not, you will not. Matter of fact, you cannot accomplish God's purpose in your life you cannot walk in God's purpose for your life if you do not have the ability to hear and respond to God. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Matter of fact, every pain and every bondage that you've ever been in, any addiction that you've ever been in, any not, I mean, think about the stuff that you've been in because your ear was leaning in the wrong direction. You were hearing something that God never wanted you to hear. And then what happens is your mouth comes into agreement with the nonsense that you hear. And your life ends up being put into bondage. Your life ends up being trapped. And then you become a prophet and a spokesperson of the evil thing that you heard that you now believe. And now that you believe it, you speak it so that God, so that the enemy uses you to be a false prophet to speak false things into other people's lives. But what can happen is we can turn our heart to the Lord. We can turn our heart to God. We can say, God, awaken me. God, equip me. God, use me for your purpose. God, I believe you have something to say. I believe you have something that you want to do. So I, we come at the beginning of this year, and Lord, we say, give us ears to hear. And not only that, that's, that's okay to say that, but, but more than that. God, we're, we're leaning our ear into you. Because some things you ask for, that sometimes we ask things from God that's really our responsibility. So it's not wrong to say, God, give me, hear, give me a hearing ear. But the right thing is, God, I choose to have a hearing ear. I choose to have it. So there's not a person alive who can say this. There's not a person alive who can rightly use this excuse. You can never say, well, God didn't give me ears to hear. No, that's, that's on you. That's on you. So nudge your neighbor again and say, listen up. So here's what I want you to see. Uh, this word here, the word here in, in, in Greek in the New Testament, this word here about having ears to hear is, is in the Strong's number, which is basically like a, a dictionary and, and uh, uh, it gives definitions to uh, 
Bible words, words we see in our English Bible that were originally written in Greek or Hebrew. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. So, so this word from Matthew 11, which is here, is Strong's Numbers 191, which is akuo. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'll just say it. See, if you say it by faith and say it strong, people think you can say it right. Um, and, and we get the word acoustics from this word, actually. And, and so the word and definition, in its basic part of the definition, it, it means to listen, understand, and obey. It means listen means you lean into, you attend to. It means you pay attention. You ever been trying to talk to somebody and they're not paying attention? I'm going to tell you what, this is my belief. This is, I just, I'll just say it and leave it alone. But if we're not able to give our attention to God, he has ways of getting it. And he doesn't get it. He doesn't come after us like to, to, to punish us for not listening. His plan A is to speak to us in conversation. But for those who are too immature to have a conversation with God, because they're drama mamas, the only, if the only thing that gets you to move is a consequence, then you are forcing God to speak to you, not in a conversation, but through a consequence. I want to be somebody who moves by his voice. So this thing is, is to, to listen, to attend to. What, what word? What word? Whose voice? What voice? Who, whose word gets your attention? What word gets your attention? That's the word that moves you. And so, and if we're going to be awakened, we got to be awakened to attend to and pay attention to and consider, listen to, to, to God's voice, and then understand that that's where the Holy Spirit helps us to comprehend. As we meditate on the Word, we're comprehending, we're, we're thinking about it, considering it, and the Holy Spirit sheds light and helps us understand and helps us to learn. And then the last part is to obey, which means a yield to, which means a readiness to respond. That's why we preach first here. We preach first here, even though most every other church I know worships first. But we preach first here because we believe that worship is a response to God. And that later on in the service, some of you will give time, you will have time to respond back to God about what He's saying to you right now. And for some of you, it will be celebration and just worshiping Him and thanking Him and praising Him. For some of you, you'll be on your knees weeping. For some of you, you'll make a decision that will change the rest of your life. Because you'll respond to what God is saying to you. You'll respond to Him. And, and so that, that obedience is a readiness and a willingness to obey. See, here in America, if, just because I hear you doesn't mean I'm going to obey you. I mean, I reserved the right. I got rights. I have rights. Don't be, but you know, jumping in on my rights. I got rights, and I'll, I'll hear you, but it doesn't mean I'm obey you. See, the only reason that works is because I don't trust the one who's speaking. But when I know Him and I know who He is, and He's Lord of all, He's before all, He's beyond all. He, he's He's God. He's the All Knowing. He's the All Powerful. And when I know who He is, then just because it's Him and He's the one He speak, He's the one who's speaking. So when I don't understand what He's saying, I don't I don't back up and say, "Hold on, time out. I got a right to disagree with you. 
I got a right to process this before I... No, because of who the one is saying it, he is faithful, he is true, he is trustworthy, he is good. So even when I don't understand what he's saying because of the circumstances in my life that can distract me, I have to come to the point of, I choose to have ears to hear. I choose to have ears to hear because you're worthy of my ears hearing you. You're worthy. Just say that. You're worthy, Lord. He's worthy of us yielding ourselves to him. And so uh, a couple other words in, in the New Testament. There's a scripture in John 10, 27 that says, Jesus is talking about he's the good shepherd. And he says, my sheep, my sheep hear. It's that same word. My sheep hear. It's that same word. So my sheep listen, understand, and obey. My sheep listen, and understand, and obey. It's that same word here. He says, I know them. So the one who's speaking to us knows us. We never have the right to say, well, he just don't understand. You can say to Pastor John, well, Pastor John, I just don't think you understand. And depending on the circumstance, that's, that could be true. But you never have the right to say, well, God doesn't understand. He knows you. He's speaking to you from a place of knowing everything about you. So what could you tell him that he doesn't know as if, oh God, hang on, hang on, God, wait, wait, wait a minute. You share something with, oh, I, so this changes everything. I didn't know your feelings were hurt. This changes everything. He knows. And so he's speaking from that place. And then the sheep who hear, just look at it, look at it in context. The sheep who hear my voice, I know them, and watch this, they follow me. See the, see the obedience? They follow me, meaning they respond. I believe I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced of this. And I think the Spirit of God just, just spoke something to me. Um, I don't know what I did. I had a sheet that I wrote stuff down on, and I left it in the other room. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, Patricia Okoji was in the prayer service at, at the, the prayer summit that we had in, in the, early in the day. And, and the Lord began to speak to her, and she wrote it down. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to share a gist of it with you, that she was saying the Lord was speaking, and other ones were, you know, God spoke. And it was a really cool time that went into the theme of what I have been seeing God doing and confirming, which I think is very important and all of us have to know, is God is saying, I call you. God is saying, I'm calling to you. He's saying, I've called you. And, but, but, the, but the thing is, we're preoccupied with other things. We're preoccupied with what we want. So our attention is not upon Him. We're not, Jim did such a good job yesterday talking about seeking His face. Seeking Him. Most Christians don't even, I'm telling you, most Christians are so mature, they don't even want to seek His face. All they want is what He can give them. Get me out of my pain. Look, Jesus is not your pain medicine. He's your healer. He's your healer. And if you're coming to him just to solve your pain and, and, he, and, and like, he, he doesn't deal with the symptoms. He does not deal with the symptoms in your life because your symptoms are not what's causing your pain. Your symptoms are revealing that you have a, a problem, but your, your pain is not your problem. Your pain is telling you you have a problem. 
And Jesus is your healer. He doesn't numb your symptoms so you don't feel pain and you can live at, in, in a level of a false peace and still be okay to, to do stuff. He wants to heal you at your source. He wants to heal you at the place where the problem is. He wants to heal you at the core of who you are. See, hurt people, hurt people, but y'all check me out. He, healed people, heal people. And the Lord wants to heal you, and the way he does it is he speaks to you. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. So what do you need from God more than anything else is a word. And if we're preoccupied with other things, we're preoccupied with what, with what we want, we end up thinking we're not qualified to hear from God. God says to you, God, he said to, to, to us yesterday through Patricia that I have qualified you. You feel unqualified to hear, but I have qualified you. I've qualified you. And now that, that I speak to you, I pay attention to what I'm saying. Paying a, pay attention to what I'm doing. I want to do something in your life. I want to imagine what God could do if we would have ears to hear. And not just for a moment. Some of us, look, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Some of us can hear at certain times and respond in those times. And what we need is endurance in our hearing. So that when other things begin to make some noise in our lives. You ever have people, places, and things that make noise in your life? That in the midst of the noise, we're so trained to hear His voice that we're not moved by any of the noise. We stay focused in because we're, we're the sheep of God who know the voice of our shepherd. And I believe God wants you to know He's qualified you. And we need to become preoccupied with His voice. Preoccupied with His voice. Um, there's other scriptures in the New Testament. Y'all know this, Romans 10, 17. Danny Kidd thinks he wrote this one and put it in the Bible. So then faith comes by hearing. Same word, same word. Faith comes by hearing. So it's not just like, I'll uh, hear. If faith comes by a listening and an attentiveness, faith comes by understanding, meaning the Holy Spirit's going to help me comprehend what the Lord is saying to me. And then it comes because of, the one who, who, because of who the Word is coming from. It comes from God, the Word of God, and, and, and the God of the Word. So what ends up happening is because of the one who's saying it, I'm ready to yield. I'm ready to, before I even hear the Word, I'm ready to obey. See, some of you think it's, how do I say this? Ignorance masquerades as wisdom. When you say, let me hear the word from God before I decide to obey it. All that tells me is you don't know who he is. That's all that tells me. Any parent in the room who you go to your children and you, and you say, listen, I want to tell you something. I want you to listen to me. And they start to say, well, I, I, want, I want you to obey me. I'm about to tell you to do something. I want you to obey me. And any, any parent in the room who your child says, well, you got to tell me first before I agree to obey. You're taking your belt off, aren't you? <laughs> Let me remind you about who I am. But that's how we act sometimes. That's how we act. When our heart should be, whatever you say, you're Lord. 
You love me more than anything else and anyone else. You love me more than you love me so much. I can't, your love for me is, it's, once I know how much you love me, then the next logical thing is anything you say, Lord. Anything you say, Lord. And so this faith, this hearing, this brings faith. So that hearing from God, having that hearing heart from God is the thing that inspires faith to believe God. It fuels your faith. Faith will come. Faith is a byproduct of a hearing heart. Faith is a byproduct of a hearing heart. And he goes on in, in other verses and he, and he says things like, uh, why is this thing not moving? Oh, could y'all look the other way, please, just for a second. So, uh, so look, Mark 12, Mark 12. And if you have your Bible, turn to Mark 12. There's a couple other New Testament scriptures. I'm just going to skip them. Tell you what, I'll break you off something, iPad. I'm not the only one that talks to the, your devices. I hope I'm not. Mark chapter 12, look at verse 28. 28. This is the concept of the great commandment. Uh, it says, then one of the scribes, so a scribe is someone who understands the law of the Old Testament. They're not just, they're not just uh, these are educated people of the Old Testament. Uh, 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 came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answers. So he was perceiving that Jesus had answers or that answered, answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your, your strength. This is the first commandment. Then he goes on to say, and the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are no other commandments greater than these. And so he's speaking this to us, helping us to, to understand. But Jesus didn't just like make this up. This wasn't like a hallmark moment. And, and when he was asked, what's the first and greatest commandment by an Old Testament scribe who's basically an Old Testament scholar, Jesus didn't quote from one of the Ten Commandments. This is what we get where we summarize this is the first and this is the great commandment. And to understand the great commandment, if you ask the average person, what's the great commandment? They'll say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's not inaccurate. That's true. But they miss the first part. The first part is here. Here. Because if we don't understand that, then we don't even hear the first commandment. So what he's saying is, hear, oh my people, hear. What he's saying is, listen, understand, and obey. He's saying, I am God, hear, hear, oh Israel, hear. The Lord is one. And when he's saying the Lord is one, it's really cool because the Lord, when it says the Lord, the Lord in that, in that scripture is plural. So he talks about the plurality of God. So he says the, the word for God there is the Elohim in that one. So it's, so it's, uh, it's Elohim, the, the plurality of God is one. And that one is translated many times and means first. That's why he calls it the first commandment. 
The great commandment is actually and technically the first commandment. So the first thing we need to do in teaching new believers is to hear, O Israel. To hear. Hear Him. Because your loving of Him will flow out of your hearing Him. And putting Him first. That He's the one and only that occupies that place. Like we would say a husband and a wife. They're a spouse. They occupy a position in our life that nobody else occupies. Your your kids don't occupy that position. Your kids, if you don't know that, your kids are going to get up and move on out the house one day. Hopefully. And then they're going to probably try to move back in at some point. I'm not saying don't be gracious. I'm just saying don't be dumb. Because once they come back in, it's a little harder to lead them. That's lead them <laughs> to new opportunities. <laughs> but they occupy a certain position, which means their voice has certain value. But what happens with, with immature believers or people who don't have that kind of relationship with God where he's first, what ends up happening is other voices begin to occupy the place that his voice should have. And then we look to God as a, as a second choice. as a sec, God is our rebound relationship. God, if you love me, look, I'll, all this problem with all this, all this stuff over here, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, home slice over here who did this in my life. Uh, you know, y'all know Poogie Nam, home slice, peanut, all them people in your life. See, I listened to their voice and it got me into trouble. So now, so now, now, God, I come to you second. I come to you second. I come to you second. So God, I'm saying, if you love me, oh God, I, I really love you, Lord. I, and all you are is a rebound. All you are operating with the Lord is a rebound relationship. Because if you really love them, you'll put them first. You tell Pookie and them peanut and home slice to just hold up. <laughs> and you'll stop, listen to me, you'll stop being moved by a voice that goes against the voice of the Lord. You'll stop. See, Jesus, Jesus here is quoting from the Old Testament. He's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want you to turn there if you haven't ever looked at this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Jesus wasn't just coming up with a Hallmark card. He was actually quoting something very foundational in the Old Testament, which is called the Shema. It's, 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 a, it's a prayer that Jews would have prayed and, and the Hebrews would have prayed for years, and there's traditions that have come out of it, but in its source, here's what Jesus is saying. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, just follow along as I read. Here, and that word here, I'll show you in a minute, is the word, Hebrew word Shema. But hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord. I love how Sarah one day was talking about some of the, the Old Testament, how it's prophetic in its nature, because what it's saying is, is you shall. Like it's prophesying over your life. You shall. You shall. I love how, how she saw it that way. But you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength. And these words which I command you, uh, these words which I command you today uh, shall be in your heart. 
So from God's perspective, from God's perspective, the way to your heart is through your ears. Let these words be upon. What he's saying is man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let these words be upon your heart. Don't let all these other voices in your life that make a that are that that make become idols in our life because oh we just love them and oh I got a new girlfriend and oh I got this and I got that and we we elevate these these things that make good seconds, thirds and fourths in our life but make terrible first place things. We elevate these people into our life and we're so attentive to their word. I see it happen all the time. People that are in in depression until they get a new relationship. And it's like, it's like I'm not against a new relationship, but what if you put that kind of attention to be woke instead of from the relationship with whoever, that you put that kind of attention and that kind of, that kind of hearing into your relationship with God? I'm going to tell you what would happen. I'm going to tell you what would happen. You put that kind of relationship, what you're giving to other people and not giving to God, you put that kind of relationship to hear God and you, you let go of what you need to let go of. You, you say no to what you see, need to say no to. It's funny how a guy will find a girl, drop all his boys. I mean, just drop them. Because she's pretty. And she smells better than them boys. And a guy, a guy, and guys, you better be careful because girls know what power they have. Yeah, 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 that's a whole nother sermon, but. And both the guy and the girls thinking, oh, they love me. They're using you. First thing that needs to happen, I'm going to tell you right now. This will make your dating life terrible, but your one day married life amazing. When you're sitting there flirting with whoever, be like, tell me what the Lord has said to you. Because if you don't have the ability to hear the voice of the Lord, then how do you even know I'm the right one? Oh, or here's a good one. Here's a good one. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. You ever seen some wannabe spiritual dude that never spends time in the Bible, doesn't have God first, but all of a sudden he he just he's tried he watched a couple YouTube videos or something, and and he comes up and he's in church. This is how you do it in church. He comes up and says, I feel like God spoke to me, babe. I think you I think God told me. I think God told me you're supposed to be my wife. And you have some gullible girl who's just been looking to be loved, and she, she cannot experience the love of God because she doesn't know how to put God first in her life. She doesn't know how to hear God, so she'll fall prey to a moron. <laughs> instead of give her heart to the Messiah. And then, she'll, and then her pain will get so great in this relationship that she thought God was saying amen to, but God the whole time was like, no, no, not a no. But she couldn't hear God's voice, so now she's in so much pain that her pain drives her to a place of now she's coming to God. I'm telling you, 
So the, the benefit of putting God first is He'll lead you to the one you're supposed to be with. He'll lead you. He'll lead you. He'll lead you to the business. How many times you start a business? Oh, this is a good idea. You know how many things have almost destroyed me because I thought this is a good idea? So, so going back is, let these words be upon my heart. God's getting to your heart through your ears. So watch this. You shall diligently, verse 7, you shall, dil- you shall teach them, meaning these words, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them, meaning the words, you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Notice where it starts, in your house. When you walk by the way, so it should go out into the community. When you lie down, meaning in the morning, or meaning at night, and when you rise up in the morning. So it means everywhere from here to there, everywhere, your house to everywhere, and from the, be- the, the end of the day and the beginning of the day, meaning all day long. Your, your life should be putting Him first. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hands, and you shall put them as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. And so what he's saying is, so look at this word, look at this definition. This word here is in Hebrew, it's the word Shema. Some people spell it S-H-E-M-A, but it's, it's the number 80, 85. And it look, hey, this looks a little familiar. This is the Hebrew version of that word we read earlier. So the word here, we just think here, but it's, it's the word that means to listen, to understand, and to obey. Because the one who's speaking is worthy of that kind of hearing. And so it's, so it's, it's a heart that says, God, I want to I hear you. And I, I know I'm going a little bit long in this, but I want you to see this. A couple of scriptures I want to throw at you. Uh, Abraham, uh, Genesis twenty two eighteen. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed. Guess what that word is? Shema. 99% of the time when you see obeyed, obeyest, obey, any form of the word obey in your Old Testament, it's the word Shema. And so what he's saying is, he's talking to Abraham, I'm going to take these promises I've, I've said to you, I'm doing this because you have obeyed my voice. That's what he said to Abraham. Deuteronomy 28, we read this about the blessings, remember? Now it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey, guess what that word is? Shema. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully, to do all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above above the, the rest of the nations and the earth. He goes on to say, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Don't seek the blessing. Don't seek the blessing. Seek the Lord. Seek, seek the Lord. And then Deuteronomy 18, 15, Jim shared this yesterday and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when he said this yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't even know. I was looking at this. This is Deuteronomy 18, 15. It's a, it's a powerful scripture. It's the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, and this is God speaking through Moses, like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall shema. And this is quoted, this is quoted in the New Testament on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus is there with his disciples. And Jim taught about this yesterday. And a voice came out of heaven 
and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. What he's saying is, Shema him. He is the one I'm sending you. Shema him. Hear, understand, and obey. Listen, understand, and obey him. Put him first. That's what he's saying. Well, pastor, I just came to church. I ain't trying to do all that. I just want to do something on Sunday and then go on with my business. There's a, there's a football game today, Pastor. You know about that football game? There's a Lord in heaven. You know about him? You know about him, the accolades and all the stuff of the Super Bowl and all that stuff? I mean, Kansas City going to win anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I mean... Ooh, did I just prophesy? Ooh, I, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I mean, Kansas City going to win, it don't really matter. But, but the reality is we put our attention and focus. You'll DVR all this kind of stuff. When's the last time you DVR'd a sermon? When's the last time you, you set your day around sitting down and, and, and listening to the Word of God? But you'll go nuts over a Super Bowl, people throwing a ball around. I'm not, hey, Super Bowl makes a great second. Terrible first. Terrible first. I realize I'm going a little bit longer than some of y'all would have liked, but I'm not even going to apologize for it today. 1 Samuel 15, 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Now it it is so, Samuel said, has the Lord... Uh, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in shamaing the Lord or the voice of the Lord? See, what, what's greater? Sacrifice? God, I'm sacrificing all this for you. I'm sacrificing all this for you. I'm saying no to all the... And, and the whole time is God might even say, you know what? I'm okay with you having that. I'm okay with you doing that. Just keep me first. So from the Lord's perspective, what's greater, uh, the, the sacrifice or the obedience? Of course, it's the obedience. And sometimes we'll use our sacrifice to, we've done so much to sacrifice for God and what He didn't even say to do, that it'll excuse us to, from obeying what He did say to do. But obedience is greater than sacrifice. Shema is greater than sacrifice. He goes on to say, I love this one. Isaiah 119. If you are willing and Shema, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing and Shema, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah 55, Jim shared this. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy, eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk. He's talking about spiritual food now. Without money and without price, you who spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy, shema carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. That phrase, come to me, is what Jesus was quoting from in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29, when he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He will give you rest from his voice. So what he's saying, he's quoting this in, in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me. Hear, meaning Shema, and your soul shall live. 
And then here's Solomon. 1 Kings 3. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, which was Solomon's father, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant, talking about himself, king instead of my father, David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, which speaks to all kinds of things about a way of life. I don't know how to lead is what he's saying. Your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant a Shema heart to judge your people that I might discern between good and evil for he who is able to judge this who is able to judge this great people of yours and the speech that Solomon said the prayer that Solomon said back to him in his dream about give me a shema heart the speech pleased the lord and the thing uh, that so- the thing that Solomon had asked. Now watch this, it's so interesting. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked for riches. Notice, it's not about long- there's nothing wrong with long life unless you're going to spend it on yourself. There's nothing wrong with riches unless you're going to spend it on yourself. Nor have asked the- for the life of your enemies but have asked for yourself understanding to discern uh, justice. Then God said to him, uh, I just read that. So verse uh, 11. No, 12. Behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before uh, like, like you before you, nor shall there be any who arise after you. So here's what Solomon's doing. Solomon's sitting here knowing he's been put in the position of king and knowing he can't do it. And God shows up into a dream and says, ask what you want. Ask what you want. On the day my insecurities are in operation, I'd say make somebody else king. But Solomon knew because of his father and knew how his father lived and how his father walked and knew, knew the, the Scriptures of the Lord, he asked for a Shema heart. Lord, I can't do this unless I hear you. But the funny thing is, when God, gave, when God answered the prayer, he was pleased by it and gave him understanding and wisdom, but that word for understanding was different. It's not Shema. So God didn't give him Shema because God can't give you Shema. Shema can only come from you. God gave him understanding, different Hebrew word, and God gave him wisdom because Solomon positioned his heart for Shema. God cannot give you, God will not give you what's within your power to get for yourself. And that's why Jesus says, he who has ears, 
to hear. Let him hear. I want Ashley and Eric Miller to come up. Ashley and Eric Miller have been chosen by God. I'm sure there's some people who look at Ashley and Eric Miller and say, I don't think they're God's choice. There's probably been times I've looked at Ashley and Eric Miller. <laughs> but now, seeing them, you guys just come sit right here. You see, you see the fruit of their life. Jesus said you know them by their fruit. And, and I want to tell you, I was praying about what to share with you guys because we're going to pray over them. Um, Ashley has uh, accepted a new position at Lifeline and Ladies Living Free Ministries where both of y'all have been not only employees, but clients. Uh, and she's accepted a position to be like, you know, Chief Wigamwatt, you know, the, the, <laughs> the boss, you know, uh, the director, I think is the official title. Um, and, uh, and Sarah and I have met with them and prayed with them, and we believe it is the Lord. And, and, and it's an honor to be your pastors. You know, uh, Terry Peeler has served in this position for years, and, um, and she's done faithful, but her greatest success will be her successor. And so we believe that God has chosen you for this. And as a church family, what we're going to do is we're going to pray over you. And we're going to pray for a setting apart into this. But the reason I went through all of this, and I took my time, because I could have rushed through and got done sooner, but the reason I took my time is for your benefit. Because if Solomon needed a Shema heart, you know, if there's any group of people that can understand, Lord, you put me in this position, don't you know these people are crazy? And we're, and we're outnumbered, God. It's the ones who lead Lifeline as ladies and free. <laughs> who, for those who don't know, is a faith-based uh, recovery center. Uh, for, for men, Lifeline's for men and ladies living free is for women that we have the privilege of being in partnership with and watching lives get turned around and changed as he's done with you. And so... As I prayed about, Lord, what would you share with them? What, what would you want to, to say over them? Here's, I, I think that last set of scriptures to summarize it. As you choose a Shema heart, you got all st kind of stuff that can keep you busy. you got all kind of things that you could be putting out this fire and putting out that fire and just reacting to all the different things that you've got to do. But your greatest responsibility is a Shema heart. Your greatest responsibility is to shut everybody else up, shut everybody else out, and you go be with the Lord. And as you do that, and you position your heart for that, He'll give you what you didn't ask for. And I believe you're about to come into wealth that you didn't even imagine. Influence that, that you never would have thought possible. Favor that you would not, you would, you don't, that you really won't even know what to do with. I mean, it's just going to be like stupid favor. That's going to happen in your life. And He's going to give you the things you didn't ask for. But the thing, your responsibility is position yourself with that Shema heart so that you hear. 
so that he can speak through you. He can speak to you and speak through you and then help other people and how to and how to hear him. And I believe he's going to use you as evidence of I can take people like that from there and I can make them people like this here. And you too, being in in the position that you are as a director, and I don't know what you do there. (laughs) Director. (laughs) Director and executive director. Yeah. Um, So just as we're clear, we know who the boss is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're still the man. (laughs) You're still the man. (laughs) She's still the boss. Okay, so the greatest, the greatest evidence. See, the enemy would like nothing more than to promote you and get you up on a stage and look at all that, but you don't have a Shema heart. And the whisperer will come whisper. And he would like nothing more than for you to, to get in that position and then pull the rug out from under you and watch you fall. But you're a testimony. You're a testimony. Not that God can't do it, but that God can. You're a testimony of that. And we as a church family want to pray over you and set you apart for this purpose as you commit to have a Shema heart before the Lord. Can we do that? Take a couple steps up. Anybody who loves, loves them, come around them. Elders of the church, if you would.